Welcome to the Disrupting Obesity Podcast. I'm Charlotte Skeins, and I'll be sharing ways to regain control over your body and lose an extreme amount of weight naturally. Being fat is about so much more than just the food. It's about your relationship with food. That means that dealing with your weight is about more than just the food too. You have to change that relationship. You have to start disrupting obesity. This is the first in a three-part series about saboteurs and enablers. You're going to have people who sabotage you on your journey. You're going to have people who enable you on your journey. And sometimes people is going to be you. When it comes to the problematic people you're going to have to deal with while you're losing weight, I found you can divide them into two categories, saboteurs and enablers. And it's not always clear which is which. Plus, some people do both. These are the people who derail your efforts. The saboteurs are the ones who do something that throws you off track. Enablers are the ones who help you to do something to pitch yourself off track. All of their motives are going to vary and not all of them are even going to be fully aware of what they're doing. Today, we're going to start with saboteurs, the people who do things to mess with you, to slow you down or make you quit. The people who don't want to see you succeed, so they do things to try to ensure that you don't. It's the insecure bestie who doesn't want to be fat all by herself, so she brings you your old Starbucks order, the one that has as many calories as you now eat in an entire day. It's the Nana who gets weepy and offended when you don't finish the enormous helping she's set down in front of you. Now, I don't know your Nana. I don't know what her motives are, what her deal is. Mine survived a war and was raised by parents who were hot off a depression and another war right before that. So every scrap of food had value. The water that vegetables were boiled in had value. Wasting food was disrespectful on a whack of levels. People have reasons for their food hangups and they have reasons for passing them on to other people. Doesn't necessarily make them right though. But food issues don't just show up out of thin air. There's something else going on behind them. And that goes for your own hangups and other people around you. I'm not saying this to let anybody off the hook, you or your saboteurs. And I'm not saying this because it's up to you to figure out somebody else's motivations or reasons or excuses or whatever. Totally the opposite. I'm saying this to show you that saboteurs can be coming from places of love and good intentions. But just because someone loves you doesn't mean they aren't sabotaging the shit out of your plan for yourself. I will say, though, that knowing what someone else's motivations are can help you to free yourself from the sabotage while holding on to the saboteur. You can flip around the way you're talking to yourself about them. If you change the way you think about that person, you can change the way you interact with them, too. Once you see where the other person is coming from, it's much easier to let go of the guilt, anger, or feelings of resentment. Nana isn't loading your plate because she wants you to be fat. She's doing it to show that she loves you and possibly to teach you some kind of lesson about food waste. Your bestie isn't bringing you a calorie bomb of a drink because she hates your guts or wants you to fail. She doesn't want to be alone, and she's worried about what your weight loss means for her. There are all kinds of motivations for why people might sabotage what you're doing. The big thing to remember is that it's always about them and not about you. Sure, 
They might be talking to and about you. But if someone is crapping all over what you're trying to do, it says far more about them than it does about you. It actually says nothing about you. Most saboteurs are coming from a place of love, even when it's so clearly misguided. And that's the thing. And maybe this is why they say love is blind. But we're all aware of people, usually from shows like 600 Pound Life, who keep bringing food to someone who is very clearly dying as a direct result of that food. There's generational sabotage too. That's a very big thing. Grandparents love to feed their grandbabies, no matter what their age is. And when those grandparents have had an experience where food was scarce or super expensive, they're going to really want to share food when they have an abundance of it. And it will be important to them that the people they love don't ever feel deprived in the way they did. While it's not up to you to figure out someone else's motivations, I think you can find comfort from knowing them sometimes. And it's really important to acknowledge that the people who love us the most can sabotage the hell out of us. Even when they're coming from a place of love or wanting the best for you or whatever their particular perspective and rationale may be. This is where you need to separate your saboteurs from their actions. It will help you make little tweaks to the way you talk to yourself about that person and that'll spill over to the way that you interact with them. So if your internal narrative about Nana flips from Nana just wants to keep me fat to Nana keeps fattening me up because she watched her sister nearly starve to death in the war. Not only are you having a very different conversation with yourself, you're simultaneously letting both of you off the hook. Flipping your narrative can give you a starting point for dialogue with the other person as well, too. The most important thing to remember with saboteurs is that whatever is going on with their behavior, attitude, the way they treat you, all of these things are about them, not about you. Sabotage can be subtle. It's not always somebody jumping out at you, screaming how fat you are and that you shouldn't eat that. It can be little things, little comments, little looks, little eye rolls, little sighs. I think they call those microaggressions. It's subtle. It's the donuts left on the counter, the text asking if you want something from McDonald's. When someone is sabotaging from a place of love, and generational sabotage is a big example of this, it's often coming because of trauma, poverty, war, a deprivation they experienced. And I still don't think it's your responsibility to figure this stuff out. Their motivations aren't your problem until they are because of the way they're treating you because of them and the way it makes you feel. The main reason it's worth taking the time to look at what's driving the sabotage is that it can be comforting to know where they're coming from. It can change your perspective if you can see somebody else's. It also helps you to see that it's not about you, it's about them. You can love people without loving what they do. You can divorce the individual from their actions because we're not our choices and we all make mistakes. You can set yourself free just by changing the way that you look at things. Because dealing with the people who are actively sabotaging your efforts is hard. And it's usually not a lot of fun. But you've got choices, though, about how you're going to respond, what you're going to do about it. You can ignore them. You can confront them. You can ask somebody else to help you deal with them or be a sounding board and help you work your way through it. What you do about it depends on the situation. What is important is that you become aware of what's going on and actively choose to do something about it. Even if what you choose to do is nothing, 
it has to be a conscious choice. You can't just default to doing nothing because that's a choice too. Keep in mind that even though you don't want to default to doing nothing, if you think about something for a while, you turn it over and you look at other possibilities and perspectives, you balance out the scales of pros and cons, and if you then decide that the best thing you can do is to ignore the situation, that's still a very valid solution to the problem. Choosing to ignore an issue isn't doing nothing. A choice is always something. Defaulting to doing nothing is the problem. Choosing to do nothing, not a problem at all. Actively choosing to ignore someone or their behavior is a calculated move, so long as you're doing it thoughtfully. How you respond depends on a whole bunch of stuff, but let's focus on the big three. The nature of your relationship with the saboteur, what they're doing, and how invested you are in confronting them about it. Your relationship with the other person is huge. How close are you? Is this somebody you have to deal with no matter what happens after you talk to them about what they're doing? What's the nature of your relationship? If you're talking about someone you only have to deal with at three to five family functions a year, it's a very different type of relationship than somebody you have to deal with all the time. How many other issues are you dealing with when it comes to them? Are you already navigating a whack of other stuff? What do you hope to get out of talking to them? Are they usually open to talking things through? And how will confronting them with what they're doing change your relationship? The most important of the three factors I've laid out for your criteria on handling trigger people is what the saboteur is doing. Can you handle it? Can you deal with it? When you put it in the context of all the other changes that you're making and the work that you're doing on yourself, can you handle what they're doing now in a different way than you could before you started doing something about your weight? Is this something you can ignore until it isn't an issue anymore? Or do you need to do your best to get the other person to stop? Because if what they're doing isn't actually causing you any serious issues, like if you don't like donuts anyway, so it doesn't matter if they get left on the counter, if it's not an issue, you really don't have to worry about the other two factors at all. You can just keep going and just keep doing your thing. Last up is how invested are you in having a confrontation about it? This one gets overlooked a lot and it really shouldn't. It's important to think about whether or not you actually give a shit. Sometimes the juice just isn't worth the squeeze. Maybe you don't actually care enough about what the other person is doing or about them to have a difficult conversation with them. That's okay too. Sometimes the heartache it would cause for you to try and sort someone else out just isn't worth it. The stress you're going to experience has to be offset by the result. It's okay to not care enough about someone to make the effort. This is about you. If you can draw boundaries and sort things out on your own, why not? You can make all of this easier on yourself by using the 3A way. And if you missed it, the 3A way is one of the very first things I teach new clients to help them get to work on their relationship with food. So the three A's are awareness, acknowledgement, and accountability in that order. Um, I've laid all of them out in episode number 12. Like with everything else, when it comes to your weight loss, you can't change what you can't see. Until you're aware that there's a problem, you really can't do anything about it. 
And I get that with sabotage, it's not necessarily something you want to be aware of. I get that. It can be extremely painful to realize that someone in your life, maybe even someone close to you, is sabotaging you and doesn't want to see you succeed. That hurts. And it can be infuriating. Acknowledging the sabotage isn't easy either. Really owning that it's going on. It's not fun to have to admit that someone in your life is sabotaging your efforts, whether they're doing it deliberately and fully consciously or not. But unless you acknowledge that it's happening, you can't do anything to change it. And that's where accountability comes into play. Accountability is the decision you make on how you're going to handle something, whether it's actively ignoring the saboteur or having a chat with them about the ways they're making you feel and the ways their behavior is impacting you and your choices. But really keep in mind that I said you and your choices. Ultimately, no one is responsible for your feelings and actions other than you, no matter how badly they set you off or the ways they manipulate you and push your buttons. So it's really important that the way you choose to respond is the way you actually want to respond. You don't want to walk away from conversations with a what did I just do hangover. Think things through. Plan out what you want to say. You want to have a plan. It will make you feel more confident in what you're doing and it's are more likely to lead to a positive outcome than just winging it. When people are actively making your life more difficult, it really sucks. You've got a bunch of different ways you can deal with them, but you need to do something. I don't think, though, that you have to confront everybody, and I know that's a big thing now, to sit down your toxic people and make them deal with it. I get it. But if you don't actually care, why bother? This is about you. It's okay not to care what they think. If you've resolved things for yourself, don't bother. These are your boundaries. This is about you. You can't change the other person anyway. You can ask them to stop. You can point things out, tell them what it makes you feel, what an impact it's having on you. But ultimately what they do is up to them. The only real control you have is in the way you respond to them. And that's why it's so important to do your whole juice versus the squeeze analysis and then decide how you want to deal with it. The good news is that you've got choices when it comes to how you deal with your saboteurs. The bad news is that their behavior, personality, and their choices, they're going to factor into which way you go. The important thing is that you're aware of what you're doing and that you actively choose to do something about it, even if you choose to do nothing. Next week is the second installment in this series, and we're going to talk about enablers. Same coin, other side. Keep trying, keep tracking, don't be intimidated, and don't give up. You've totally got this. Thank you for listening to Disrupting Obesity with Charlotte Skeynes. If you know it's time to take back control, lose the weight, and keep it off, reach out to me privately with a direct message on Instagram that says ready, so you can start disrupting obesity.